Hello, fellow nerds. This is Adam, and you may notice that I am doing something different before our normal festivities start here at Nerds of the Old Republic. But uh, I've got two quick announcements for everybody. One, we would love it if you would review us on iTunes. Even if that's not where you normally listen to us, that tends to help us be the most visible to people who might love our stuff, but not necessarily know that we're out there yet. Unfortunately, iTunes owns most of the market. So if you could, even a star rating would be super helpful to Mike, Sean, and I. That'd be awesome. Thing number two, we tried something different with this next uh, episode, and we recorded outside at Sean's house. And that also means there's some outside noise that we didn't think about. We didn't want you to freak out. In fact, we have a wild guest star show up towards the middle of the podcast that, uh, you know, if you didn't know what the hell we were doing or where the hell we were, you would be totally freaked out and surprised. Why is that in Adam's basement? So just wanted to give you a heads up about that. You know, there's the general suburbia noise. Then there's the wild co-star that shows up randomly in the middle of the podcast. So thanks for your patience with that. We wanted to do something different, and it's summertime, and it was so nice out on Sean's back porch. So uh, we hope you enjoy this episode, and please remember to like and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. But now I think we're ready to hear N.K. Jemison's The City We Became. All right, so stand back, y'all, in a... There we go, ready? Whoa! Whenever I burn weeds with this thing, all I hear is the Trogdor theme song from the early 90s website. Do you remember that? Yes. And then it makes a little toot noise. But Dude. that is how we're going to toast up some friggin' wood for our smoked Manhattans today. Wait, wait, you want to do one more just to make sure you got a good? Yeah, yeah. Just in well, case here, that one wasn't I can good. kick it up more. I will never pull weeds again. You shouldn't pull weeds. I will Don't burn my microphone. My weeds. Alive <laughs> from now on. Honestly, it feels so good to just sit there going, burn the nation. <laughs> do you see my jizz? Look at my crop of weeds is growing where I had to do a bunch of like landscaping. So, for those burn of you who can't down. see it, I have a little one pound propane cylinder attached to what looks like an old man walking cane. And you can buy them from Home Depot and get yourself a $30 uh, weed burner. But you might want the 40-pound version where you get, like, the tank you attach to your grill. Jesus and you walk around. Christ. And the end of it's, like, what you would use to burn, like, wood for, like, chiaroscuro, like, wood, Japanese treatments and stuff. This really changes my opinion of Adam. He's way more heavy metal than I gave him credit for. Oh, I am yeah. honestly picturing him stepping out his front door, putting a pair of shades on, firing that <laughs> motherfucker up. That's right. And saying... Let's do this, weeds. <laughs> yeah, and nothing feels better. <laughs> That's got to be satisfying. Now, am I in my yuppie suburban home burning weeds on my shore next to my stand-up paddleboard? Yeah. Do I think that I'm walking out ready to toast some, like, villain's face with it? Oh, fuck yeah. It's like wait, fucking... Wait, my opinion is back where it was. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. Leonardo DiCaprio in yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is what I'm picturing. Oh. Just roasting Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, 
I will picture myself doing that. I will fantasize about that next time. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So we are drinking Manhattans tonight. Yes. Smoked Manhattans? Smoked Manhattans because uh, as I was reading the book, I kept thinking, um, you know, it, it's too sweet. They keep, like, toasting these little flowery things, mm-hmm. these little fallacies from the white woman who jut out of nowhere, and I immediately jumped to my weed burner. So we're going to toast up some... Would. Yeah, as one would. Yeah. We're going to toast up some uh, wood that uh, Mike brought. Some hickory wood. And uh, Hickory smoked Manhattans. Hickory right. smoked Manhattans. Sounds we're going to try to toast some glasses and then uh, toast to it. So I think at that, we're going to officially fire it up and get ourselves set up. We'll see you on the other side do, with do, our do, drinks. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here's... Yes. <laughs> We are back. We just used the propane torch to uh, smoke up the glass. Uh, and first impressions, we can pretend it's like a, the fine wine from last episode. Man, it smells good. It sure does. I was worried the smoke smell was going to disappear fast. Oh, you know what? It, it's it's going to sound weird to say, but it kind of smells like old man but in the best <laughs> way. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. like that smell of like a dude who's been seasoned. When you buy those candles uh, that are yeah. like tobacco, yeah. mahogany, <laughs> and you. leather. Yes, those kinds of things. Not like a, not a classy, sophisticated gentleman. Yes. Yeah, the not the dude. Most man. There you go. Yeah, not the dude at the Y who forgets to like put his <laughs> no. towel around his junk while no, he's walking no, no, no. around in front of you. A cool guy. Yeah. 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 Who I want to be when I'm old. Yeah, you smell the smoke, but it's not overpowering either. Mm-hmm. You you smell the bourbon. What kind of bourbon did you say we were drinking? This is Black Button. And you said that was a rye. Yep. Which is. Uh, you know, already like a spicier than say a bourbon, which is like a sweeter mm-hmm. uh, taste. So that's great. And then the blood orange um, was uh, dried blood orange is a really nice touch. Mm-hmm. I'm Thanks. really impressed with that. Agreed. I went a little non-traditional because uh, you know it felt like it fit the theme of the book a little bit better with all the fighting and uh, all of the like destruction that happens to the characters. Blood Orange just felt right. Mm. Plus it looks hip as hell on that glass. It does. (laughs) We better make sure to take some uh, pictures of these things before we like get a little too tipsy and I forget. Because they, I have to admit. You wanna put one down there and share a picture? You got like a whole podcast stuff around it? I'll get one for you right now. Thank you. That would be my pleasure. So then the next thing is the taste. like. So Manhattans always came off as, like, too sweet for me. That's okay. why I don't usually drink them. But I, I figure it's because of the cherry and uh, yeah, maybe. too Maraschino much sweet vermouth. Sweet yeah. Yeah. I enjoy a good Manhattan. So we had a, a terrible experience with sweet vermouth one time. That has meant that this sweet vermouth is one of the first bottles of alcohol I ever bought. Wow. Yeah. So my wife and I were uh, newly 21 and dating, and we were bored. Uh, and we're like, well, what do we do here? What do, I don't know, what are you going to do? So uh, we had this, like, bartender book. And so we played the game where we, like, just spun our thumb over the book, hmm. put our finger on the first thing we saw, and we saw this god-forsaken drink called the Golden Friendship, <laughs> which sounds like something that Vladimir Putin and uh, our former president would share together <laughs> right next to their piss tape. Oh, God. And, uh, it oh, where's involved... the bell? Where is oh, the I, bell? I forgot, <laughs> I forgot so, to get it. It's sitting on the side. Uh, full disclosure, we traveled to Sean's house, and I forgot the bell. 
I have a backup system that you'll yeah. definitely hear later when we all make our inevitable references. Well, That's that right. anytime right. we say MC free, <laughs> <laughs> DJ Horn is in the house. We are That's retroactively right. assigning a bell to that. That was a good. There burn. we go. Solid burn. Well, thank you. It's <laughs> you know what? It's shooting fish in a barrel at this That's point. That's It's not fair to that Vladimir Putin. Um, but uh, no, it was like Galliano, Sweet Vermouth. There might have been Goldschlager in there. It was awful. So bad. Goldschlager in a mixed drink. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Only thing about that drink is the novelty that you're drinking gold. Yeah. Yep. I I don't know what was wrong with me in those days. Uh, Those, you know, just prior to 21 and just post-21 days. Yeah. Uh, But I loved doing shots of Goldschlager. In a bar. I did not see that as your thing. No, it's no. not my thing at all. But I, naive college boy. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was so naive. And now I think about it and it just churns my stomach. Oh, for sure. And do they even make Goldschlager anymore? They, they do. They do. Yeah. It's yeah. still around. No, remember remember Aftershock? <laughs> Aftershock <laughs> was like the less classy. Candy. Yeah. So Jägermeister's still around, right? That was another popular yes. cinnamon-based uh, liqueurs. I, I have to admit that. For a while, I was the Jaeger bomb guy. You were in, in college. What do you want to do, Jaeger bombs? <laughs> so can we uh, can we drink these now? Or? Yeah, we can. I've been. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mike. All All right. Right. Let's get. Well, you know what? We can just yeah. <laughs> nah. Fuck All right. What do you think? I mean, oh, as somebody, so good. yeah, mm. good. Yeah, that is that is outstanding. I am gonna say again. I, the blood orange to me is. Such an improvement on the traditional yeah. man. It elevates it really. It's so silly, like an easy thing. You just go shop. You know, my uh, yeah. up some fancy cars. My father-in-law is a huge fan of an, a modified Manhattan. I don't know if he invented this thing or what, but it's a dry Southern comfort Manhattan up with a twist. Hmm. That's a mouth. That's like a Starbucks order at a bar. It is actually <laughs> not a bad. All right, drink. so dry vermouth, Southern uh, comfort, Southern comfort, and a twist of lemon, shaken, and it is uh, it is a surprisingly drinkable drink that'll get you <laughs> fucked up quick. Well, yeah, yeah, I believe that. That's it's, kind of the Manhattan's thing. Yeah. yeah. It's not bad, though. But I tend, Manhattan's aren't something I drink that often because being a whiskey guy, I tend to, I would rather just have the whiskey. And mm-hmm. I feel like the vermouth and especially like the cherries makes it too sweet uh, that's, for me. That's not that I don't good. like them, but I just, I have one and I'm like, yeah. I would rather just switch back to scotch or bourbon or something. But, um, but the blood orange here. Doesn't do that. It yeah. gives it like uh, you know a, I don't know, sort of a citrusy edge, mm-hmm. but it's more of an accent. It yeah. doesn't like overpower it the way the cherries do. Good. I'm really into this. Agreed. Well, if you're listening at home and you're interested, check out the uh, podcast page, Nerds of the Old Republic for the recipe. Boys, what to say? You want to grab a uh, bagel and schmear and uh, talk about this thing? Yeah, Let's do it. I think we do it up. All right, we'll be back with our schmear. All right, so in addition to our Manhattans, as a tribute to Manny, the avatar from Manhattan, we've got ourselves some bagels and uh, some locks on top. And for Actually, what is it? At least two of us. This is our first bagel and lox experience. Mm-hmm. The good, the bad. What do you think? I enjoy it. Yeah, 
Indeed. I have eaten this before, but never like authentically in New York. Just like somebody made it for breakfast or something. So, yeah. No. It was what? either this or I boiled some hot dogs and you know threw them at you on the street. So <laughs> have this your was, Nathan's. This was a much better choice. All right, good. Yeah, no offense. Take some fine bagels, and you cannot go wrong with smoked salmon. So. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All right. There you go. That is the new bell for tonight because one of us, bell. meaning me, <laughs> forgot him. All right, so. Uh, we all read, to varying degrees, and I'll get into that later, <laughs> N.K. Jemison's, Jemison's uh, The City We Became. And become. Became. Became? No. Yeah. Uh, I think this, is, this right here is a good... Here's your indication. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good foreshadowing for how much we appreciated this book. Can we talk about Saga more? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's some We just became a Saga fan cast. <laughs> That's right. So... Premise for our, our listeners: If you haven't read it yet, you know obviously we want you to pick up books. We want you to get into stuff and make your own uh, decisions here, except for the fact that we're right. And um, so, city, as we've been kind of calling it on our on our text threads, is maybe what I would call like a magical realism book. Yeah. Where New York City and all great cities across the world have uh, have to be born, and in their birth they. Uh, have avatars who uh, act in the physical world to protect the city from, I, what is the phrase in the book, interloper? Is that right? The enemy. The enemy. Um, and so this book, which is uh, slated to be book one in a trilogy, uh, I believe, is the city of New York's birth and the five uh, boroughs that have to come together. Like motherfucking Captain Planet. <laughs> That's all I kept reading. <laughs> Captain Planet. He's our hero. It's a hot take. Gonna take pollution down to zero. With your powers combined. I always felt bad for hearts. Can we just get into that for a quick sec? I didn't, no, I'm just kidding. We'll go back to the book. <laughs> did you ever see the Don Cheadle as Captain? Yes, I did. It's so good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, okay, yeah, so many places my mind can go, but we'll go back to City. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, let's get so, that done so we can rip on some other stuff. All right, so <laughs> you can already tell from where we're going. Uh, and, you know, the book is the, the birth of New York, the afterbirth of New York, pun intended, literally, for a little bit, and it fighting off the woman in white, the enemy. That's right. The avatars have to fight off a white lady. Multiple white women, actually, all overtaken by the same Loki-like trickster-slash-enemy. Yeah. Man, you saying it that way really makes that metaphor so much more heavy-handed for me now. I'm real... Yeah. I love a lot of the themes in this book, but I thought some of them were heavy-handed, but I don't want to get into just my hot take just yet. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I guess you guys want to start with your first impressions of it? Um, well, I was really excited to read this book. Me too. Uh, I read um, the first book in the Broken Earth trilogy, also by N.K. Jemison. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I thought she is a very talented pro stylist mm-hmm. with really cool ideas, and I love, as you said, her themes. I think are so refreshing, especially in the fantasy genre. Yeah, I think it's more and more common that you know fantasy tradition and tropes are being challenged now. Thank God. Um, but you know, for decades and decades, that was not the case. So you appreciate stuff like this. Mm-hmm. I have not read the rest of that trilogy yet, but I fully intend to. I think that N.K. Jemisin deserves her accolades, deserves all the awards that she's won. I think she is one of the most significant people writing in the fantasy genre right now, and that is not, 
you know, I don't question that at all. Then, you know, this book came out and I thought like, oh, okay, cool. Like she's putting this in a contemporary setting mm -hmm. and the, the, the premise sounded awesome. You know, this like the different aspects of New York City manifesting as avatars. Um, you know, and then there's the Lovecraftian element, which as a, you know, lifelong uh, huge fan of Lovecraft's fiction, not the man, but the fiction. Uh, I was really excited about that aspect of the book. Um, I just thought it all seemed like it had so much promise. I really expected to enjoy this book, um, but it was dog shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. It was mm. so bad. And Both Sean and I went to hit the new buzzer, <laughs> and then we were like, I don't know that I can do that yeah, right now. That was a oof. It was so bad and so disappointing, and I hate to say that because I do respect this author so much, and I fully intend to continue reading her. I think that the greatest authors of all time have had their duds, and I yep. think this was her dud. I just think be dingers, man. What it what it was trying to be, it wasn't. And there's, you know, I won't get into all of these things now because we'll we'll work up to all of it, but. Um, I said before I thought she was a great prose stylist. I thought mm -hmm. this prose was just awful in this book. I said, you know, the way that uh, Broken Earth was put together in terms of the ideas and the structure and everything was great. Um, the structure in this book uh, was just awful and repetitive. Um, the themes, I love the themes. I was so mm -hmm. excited about them, but... You used the word heavy-handed. I mean, they were not subtle at all. Mm -hmm. There was no complexity to them. And, um, you know, I, I just thought that on, on multiple levels, this book did not work. It failed. And and I will confess, my, my, my confession, my dirty secret is that I could not even bring myself to finish this book. I came up about 80 pages short, and I just could not do it. I could not read another page. I will also admit to that, I love the story of Manny and New York City, like the, the main avatar coming to life and being on the fucking taxi cab attacking the tentacle monster. Um, I thought that was great. And then, like you said, repetitive. I knew that there were going to be the other boroughs coming to life. But to get the same sort of story, they're sort of waking up. They get the tingles in their giblets. And then the woman in white shows up and kind of tempts them. Right. And then they're like, no, fuck you. I, like, feel the city all of a sudden. Right. I will lift up my girders at you. And then the chapter ends with a pretty white flower that they noticed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the first third of the book, right? Yeah. And then the second third of the book is the same shit over and over again, where she shows up and tries to tempt or attack the individual burrows. Yeah. And at first it seems like she's winning. And then all of a sudden at some point, and I started highlighting these because they happened in every chapter on like 10 consecutive chapters, the, the character or the burrow would have this moment where they would go, wait a minute, no, how dare you come to my burrow and talk to this me this way? This is my home turf. Exactly. And the narrator's like, she realized that she was a warrior. And then they don't really do anything. Just by virtue of having this revelation, they somehow are triumphant. And yeah. the lady in white has to, like, retreat. Mm -hmm. And you have, like, ten chapters of that in a row. Yeah. So it, the structure was monotonous and repetitive and, uh, you know, I, yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Sean, I think you're up here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't leave. I <laughs> Sean's still here. Welcome back, Sean. I've noticed in previous casts that I tend to interject a lot, so I'm trying to be quiet. But, it's um, okay. Yeah. Uh, this is my first experience with N.K. Jemison. Same I'll here. admit to having never really heard much about her before that. 
opinion. I dig everything you're saying about her, and I would like to give the Broken Earth trilogy a, a try because it won so many awards and it's so widely regarded that I will give that a shot. I forced myself to finish this cast, or this book, sorry. Thinking Thanks. That, thinking that you guys would do the same. And I am the only person here who knows the full story. It was awesome! The ending was... No, I, I can't even... I can't it even redeemed pretend. the whole no, book. I can't it even, insisted it, upon it, itself for the I last four chapters. I can't even pretend. I even told these guys already what the ending is, and the looks on their face was pretty much confirmed. Exactly Prior cast, yeah. Said. It was... It was... Uh, uneven. And to me, at the end, the only take I could come up with is, this is a love letter to New York for someone who lives in New York. Mm -hmm. And then I found out that she actually only lived in New York for a little while. She's from Alabama. She's not even from New York. Well, no shit, problem. I would love New York more than Alabama. <laughs> it's true. True, but the um, I, that doesn't change anything. She spent a lot of time in New York as a person, and I'm yeah. sure she loves it. And it's got that love letter to New York kind of feel to it, and to almost love-hate of Lovecraft. And it's just an idea that probably came to her in the middle of her sleep, and it just became a student writing project and never any more than that. Yeah. And That's I, a good way to put it. I just wow. didn't... I forced myself to get through it. And I'm sorry, Miss Jemison. You're, I, you, I saw flashes of brilliance. I saw things in there. I'm like, wow, that was some good prose. But there was so much that just was half-baked. I felt like I did the same thing, you know, reading digitally. Uh, I would highlight a, pay, a phrase and then make a note of it. And for the first, like, four or five chapters, I did that probably once or twice a chapter, where I was like, oh, shit, cool. Mm -hmm. And then by, like, Staten Island, I got to the point where I was like, hmm, okay. I think that was... I see ya. It lost me. Like you, like you said, Mike, it, there was just too much going on. And I think had she decided to maybe break this book into individual sections for each avatar, it might have felt more cohesive rather than like unevenly spending time with Manny and then time with Bronca and then oh wait no back to Bronca no we're going back to Staten yeah. Island now oh no now we're with Brooklyn but she's really kind of just on the side we're just right. not going to talk about yeah. her all that much we're going to go back to Bronca again it's like she had fever. and then Staten Island gets you know attempted rape which we're just going to brush off and well, we'll, and we'll get to that later yeah but um it it just felt like there was a lot of over and under development of the characters because yeah. it was just not there was no clear like purpose I guess, behind developing their characters beyond just, like, they have to all be there because there's five boroughs. Yeah. I got a lot of, when I was reading it, their spider sense is tingling, so they have to. And, like, I get that. So if you're going to build the idea of intuition being, like, the driving decider of their actions until they meet Bronca, mm -hmm. because she has all the knowledge, she needs to come in earlier in order to push the plot forward faster. The right? wise old person that... Yeah. It, it didn't fit. That's the thing. We get back to She the, was supposed to be Qui-Gon. Yeah, or Obi-Wan, or any number yeah. of, you know, like, it's the, um, you know, the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. and, and it felt uneven, maybe, because it didn't quite follow the pattern the way we expect it to. Well, and you, you talk about world building. Um, Thank yeah, you. you. I'm pointing to the New York City beer that Mike also brought. The single-cut 18-watt IPA. I have been a huge fan of their can design forever yeah. on top of their beer. It's just nice and simple. The single cut always has, you know, that minimalist design yeah. in in an industry which is increasingly maximalist, which I also appreciate. Yeah. I'm one of those suckers that will buy beer because it has a cool label. 
Spice and yet you uh, hate Baz Luhrmann. And you're telling me you like Max Brooks? No, 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 no. That's that's. that's oh, I'm Sean. sorry. My mistake. My mistake. Who's the hater that in this? Dude, that's on. right. That's my brand. Does somebody yeah. dislike it? <laughs> Equal Sean. Um, what was I saying here? It was brilliant, of course. Um, world building. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh, that's good. That that you know it's it, not that IPA. Maybe it is. Not yeah. that IPA. I'm yeah. drinking a Corona. <laughs> well, that's a very different experience. Extra. Even though it says 72 IPUs, maybe my tongue is just burned out on IPAs. Could be. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I feel building. like I, I had world a building. Br- world building. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, the, I, I felt that I struggled with that aspect of the book as well. You know, the, the, you have to have whatever whatever's going on, whatever your magic system is, or whatever you want to call it. It has to be logical. It has to make sense. And there was just all these moments in this book where I was just scratching my head, like, where, where the fuck did this shit come from? There's a part early in the book. Where I don't even remember which character it is, but she's getting like attacked, I think, by the lady in white or something. But she realizes like something about property values and real estate, and she starts like throwing money on the ground. And oh, they were at Manny. the rock. That's Manny yeah. at the rock with his roommate. That's right. Who never when comes back. Like, who just friggin' he disappears. Vanishes. You're right. Yeah. He's a bloke in progress. I kind of like that line. It's just like I'm, I'm like, all right, now I'm, I'm like trying to like, you know get that into my programming for this yeah. book like okay so if you throw money on the ground you've bought that land or something and now you've protected your and then that concept doesn't come up again in the rest of the book that's no. like that's like you know playing mario on the old nintendo and it's like here's a power that works well actually, for a little bit and then it goes away manny brings up the point about having his credit card and if he has enough left on his balance but it's like a throwaway line towards the end when he knows he's going to have to defend the, the primary avatar yeah it's um but I get what you're saying. The idea that there's no consistency. No, and you know what no. it felt like to me? It felt like the rise of Skywalker. Oh, no. All of a sudden, the Force can do anything, motherfuckers. And yeah. it's like, whatever she needed them to be able to do, they could do it. Right. Like, yeah. queens can, like, magically teleport with math. And, you know, like, it's just... I liked... So, the queens thing, I, not being a New Yorker, I've been in New York twice in my life. Yeah, twice. And so I don't have a lot of Newark knowledge. I felt like Queens did the most building of her borough in those, like, 20 pages. Because you got, like, okay, a family owns this high, or this apartment building, mm. and then it's, you know, all of their family from scattered throughout the diaspora is living there now, and they're protective of her, and therefore she's protective of the kids who are going to be attacked in the pool. And I like the math thing. But it was kind of like Manny's credit card moment where, like, shit's half-baked. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like, if she can use math, Mm -hmm. so long as she's on her turf to have powers, cool. Then she should be powerless when she's outside of Queens. Right. And um, Manny needs, apparently, to have physical objects to manifest, like, physical objects tied to the history of Manhattan. Oh, but he can become King Kong just by thinking about it. Well, I didn't get there. So yeah. that's on me. He says, "I got to think about. I, gotta, I wish I would have watched more movies about New York as he's becoming King Kong and breaking his pants off." But I, it just occurs to me that what you're saying right here is actually really great commentary on the quality of this book and the consistency of the world building, because you could totally be bullshitting us right now, and we believe you completely. <clears throat> that's you a good be, point. You could be totally making he up could the be fact like, that you can you can yeah, make up any Kong shit fucking you want. I don't know, and I would believe it because yeah. it's been happening all book. I. Yeah. I full disclaimer that is actually the end of the book. However, 
I do this all the time with my students, and they're like, why do we have to read oh, this book? So I'm like, do you want me to just yeah. tell you the ending? Yeah. And I just make up some complete bullshit, and they're like, that's how it ends? I'm like, well, you're going to have to find out. Yeah. yeah. And then they get to the end, they're like, you're a really good liar. I'm like, I teach it for 15 Gatsby years. Gatsby just man. stabs Tom right in the face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says, I've had enough of your right fucking racist there. bullshit, Tom, and then he stabs him in the throat. Yeah. yeah. It's a great ending. Yeah, he shouts, die, whitey, die. And here we go. He does. So we beat on. Down with the capitalism system. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So I guess, all right, so we've had our criticisms. Let's talk about, I think, things that we all probably enjoyed but are being overshadowed by some of the flaws in the writing that we can, saw. Can, can I real quick? I'm sorry. No. Because something came to mind. That <laughs> that's I fine. Wanna, Go ahead. Because um, that's a great point, and I do want to get back there. Through this, I'm sitting there going, like, man, you know, it just needed more. It just, and I, I hate to say it because I had to force myself to read it, but it just needed like an extra 400 pages to make all of this stuff work. Do you think it's because she wanted to make, she planned to make it a series? Trilogies seem to be Jemison's thing. I guess. But I think that's a publisher thing too. I think you know, it's like, yeah. that's there's a pressure now that you have to come up with a series. If things don't come out in a series, if you're not already an established author, then you're done before you even started. But she's an established author. Because of a trilogy. Yeah, but a Hugo Award-winning trilogy, well, the only one prior to that wins. Yeah, prior to that, she had uh, another trilogy whose name is escaping me, and which I have not read. Um, I don't know that it was as critically acclaimed or award-winning as Broken Earth, but it was also quite celebrated. And um, but they sounds interesting. They can't milk an author's tits unless they know they're going to get more than one book out of them. Yeah. Oh and yeah. I think they're signing yeah. them now to these. This deals. is a problem with the right. current publishing industry. I'm trying to get out Doctor Google here to find <laughs> out what. Um, I was Genesis I was very there. sorry to learn that this was going to be a trilogy because I, I think that, as I said before, I have such enormous respect for this author where I want to be, you know, reading what she's written and also anticipating what mm-hmm. she has yet to come mm-hmm. out. I don't want her next two books or however many books, you know, to, to follow this one. I, I don't even see how this could be redeemed. It's just too messy. There's too it many is. ideas, too little space. Like, she talks about, she brings up some really cool things. Getting back to Adam's other point, like, she talks about the birth of London and how that was a mess and, like, it ate all the other avatars of the surrounding areas and stuff, and they're, like, freaking out. I'm like, that sounds pretty cool. But it gets such short shift because it's it's just not enough room for all of these ideas to breathe. I will say, looking up um, Jemison's other books, she is friggin prolific i cannot believe how many things she has written back to the stephen king reference and yeah um i'm ashamed to say that i did not know she had the inheritance trilogy right inheritance trilogy yeah that's the one i was trying to think of before she's got a graphic novel far sector oh i hadn't heard of that how old is she Uh, 40s dr google late 30s 40s she was she is 48 well, it's, it's bad writing, um, you know, which is so disappointing because, you know, the Broken Earth trilogy, my takeaway from that was what a talented writer. Mm. Um, the, this felt like young adult. I mean, aside from, that like, sucks. all the F-bombs and, and the content that is obviously adult content, it felt like reading young adult and not, or you described it as a student fiction project. You know, that's maybe even a better way to put it. The, the writing was just bad. Um, I mean, the, some of the dialogue was ridiculous. There's a part yeah. where the villain screams like, when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. And that's the type of thing where if you were sitting there teaching a creative writing class, you'd be like, no, 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 no. 
Stop right there. Yeah. Cross oh, that shit out. honey. Yeah, exactly. There's no subtlety at all. Oh, and, and then, you know, so, so the writing itself is poor. That was disappointing. The themes, as we've already said, are so heavy-handed. Like, there's no complexity to it at all. You brought up, like, you know, the, the attempted rape scene before, too. And yeah. Then, you know, I'm reading this going, like, oh, like, I mean, this guy's like, why don't you suck my dick because no one else is going to sleep with you? And it's like, now, how am I supposed to, like you know, really think about this as a yeah. real problem in the world when this guy's just a fucking drunk douchebag and, mm-hmm. I mean, not which is not to say that this is not real life, yeah. but yeah. that's not the same thing as real writing that but makes you think. He's such a cartoon proud that's, boy. That's what I mean. Well, it's and like, so, yeah, yeah. you said proud boy. He's got, he's got a swastika the suit on him. Yeah. You know? Well, she just watched American History X or something because it's it's yeah. the, 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 or the, what's his name, Norton, or Ed, Ed Norton's Ed character Norton. blended Herbs with up. With some kind of like hipster. <laughs> that scene fucked with The me. greatest oh gif of all time oh now. You know, actually, I want to say that's the best Eddie Furlong performance ever since T2. Okay. <laughs> the only since <laughs> T2. Yeah. But uh, it was, uh, it was just like everything was so over the top with that, yeah. and just like I get it. I understand the diversity of the of the cast. I understand the need to 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 push that idea, but where Saga succeeded vastly more in making or normalizing a diverse world and a just a you know all of those ideas that we talked about in the last book this fails on all of those counts because it felt like like it it made you almost like embarrassed to be reading this going like oh my god really right i feel like not good reading right. some of that and um you know so i read in an interview uh that nk jemison did that you know because this obviously is heavy lovecraftian mm-hmm. aspects literally they reference lovecraft multiple times constantly which is which is and so let me say what she said in the interview first and then we can bring up sure. all of that so okay. she said that uh and, and i'm paraphrasing but she said that she didn't want to uh you know directly criticize lovecraft and she didn't want to pay homage to lovecraft what she yeah. wanted to do was engage with Lovecraft. And I love that. I, I oh, love that cool. in concept. And you know who is doing that fucking brilliantly? Um, I haven't read the book, uh, but there's a book called Lovecraft Country. which oh, is show too. It, well, and that's what I was working up to. I had watched Sorry. part of the show, and I need you to finish it. Beat him to the climax. Because, yeah. Sean! <laughs> oh, is that your sexual <laughs> That's reference? me, yeah. I All missed right. it last episode, so All I got right. it in now. Even nice though we shot. talked about dicks for 45 minutes. Got it in. I see what yep. you did there. Yeah, I did get it in. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, so, so the show, HBO, is adapting this book, and I haven't yeah. finished the show, but the show is just fucking amazing. It's brilliant. And it engages in Lovecraft, with Lovecraft, because what it does is it, like, it takes everything that is so compelling about H.P. Lovecraft and that people have loved for decades and decades and that infuses our pop culture and it like revels in all of that while also flipping the script and making it clear that like this man was a virulent racist Mm. and racism is a huge problem in this country and this show is going to push back against that which is awesome it's done in a very quality way I think that is what Jemison wanted to do here I think that's what she means when she says she wanted to engage with Lovecraft but it just sounded like well let me put it this way if you want to do that write a better book Lovecraft was a horrible human being but he wrote fiction that resonates down to the present day and infuses pop culture this book is you know hackneyed this is not good writing 
And all it feels like is that the writer sat down and wanted to go at Lovecraft, you know, yes. and, and it was not done well. Her own writing betrays that opinion a little bit when there was that extended part talking about Lovecraft wandering the city and being xenophobic. And then and seeing all the non-white people as not humans right. or partial humans. The whole Staten yeah. Island and the father figure and all yeah. of those things. Makes it's me want to avoid all of Staten Island, though. I will say that. So thank you, Jemison. I will not go to Staten <laughs> I Island. I am sure Staten Island You, you wanted is to bring nuts. up positives of the book before? There you go. There's yeah. positive. I've heard things about <laughs> Staten Island, but I can't imagine it is, is as bad as people make it seem. It can't be. No place is, nothing is ever 100% good. Or 100% bad. Thank Here, you, Loki. Here's, here's Sean trying to reel back <laughs> in those series, fans yeah. of the podcast. No, but yeah, no, right. this, this is my, my point about it. it that book, uh, The City We Became, yep. is just, it's it's too, I want to say div dividing, but it's basically like, fuck, I don't even know what I want to say. It's just, it's, it's heavy-handed is what we said. It's just, she's really pushing the agenda yeah. hard. Right. And I get, I don't have a problem with that agenda. We like the agenda. Yes, yeah. we, I'm yeah. a big fan of the agenda, but I don't like it, like, pushed in a way that, like, it discredits it. Right. And and that's the problem for me. Would we be bigger fans of this book if we lived in New York City? Do you think? Maybe. I think if I knew more of the stuff that she's referencing, I, I've been there a few times, I just don't, I don't have that love of the city. In fact, actually growing up in Buffalo, I fucking hate the city and what it does to <laughs> oh, this side of New it. York. Buffalo has undergone its own revival. Uh, it got a shout out in the book. It did. In one it moment. I was happy about There's that. There's another positive. Where, where do you go when you want to like give Leave your kids a good place? Go yeah. When you go to you have a yard, you go to yeah. Buffalo. That's what we got referenced <laughs> as. Thanks, NK. You know, I gotta Appreciate say, though, I, I like being the underdog. Buffalo's the underdog. And New York has never been an underdog. New York has always been the top of the world, the capital of yeah. the world. And that's just part yeah. of its persona. Um, yeah, so uh, where, where were we going? We were going to positives of the book. I'm well, I was just think. thinking themes and like the yeah. way that uh, Jemison brings in themes that aren't stereotypically in um, fantasy or speculative fiction. Right. You know, we can go to the alt-artistes at Hall. Uh, I thought she did a... Okay, it was really too quick in the book, time-wise, but an interesting take on how the alt-right uses the internet to try to, like, catfish everybody and then say, fuck you, you dis you know, I'm right. disgruntled white man now because you said my art wasn't good. But again, it was... Such an idea that just didn't get enough development. It needed no. more page time. Yeah, yeah all of these sure. ideas the, needed more time. The whole thing felt kind of absurd too. Like they're, they're what they were trying to uh, offer them some absurd amount of money. What was yeah. it twenty three million something million. like that? Yeah, it's a very specific to, number to to display the art of someone who is racist. And to me, I'm like. What kind of a plan is that? You know, that's that's like paying for your food at the drive-thru and then speeding off before they can hand it to you. You're offering them $23 million to put up, like, some artwork, and your hope is that they'll and turn it down so that you can then trash them on a video on YouTube. That's a long way to go to make, like, a yes. trash video. Well, I think, like, the alt-artistes made the trash video... And then I think, in my mind, the woman in white yeah. found them afterwards and co-opted them to go back. And then she, like, took over the person for their whatever better New York City foundation. I didn't read to that. To offer that. I think they were no. always her puppets because no. they had brought that one picture that Bronco oh, was being pulled right. into. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. But this is the thing. Again, 
it's this concept, this idea that like, okay, it's interesting, but it's over before you know it. Mm-hmm. And then there's no connection to anything else. Like the only thing that I can loosely say that like this whole master plan of the woman in white. I don't is think you hear that. That's, that's that a, is a fox being attacked? Yes, we have foxes. Or a cat being tortured? We're outside on my deck, by the way. So if you're hearing <laughs> oh, like, the up. sounds of nature, that's what that is. Or either that or someone's being tortured. In Buffalo, because we have yards in Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, yeah, that's all we have, those yards. That's, that's the appeal it. of coming to Buffalo. We have yards. And foxes being I, tortured. Yeah, there are, there's a big group of foxes around here. Anyway, uh, it's just that, like, where was I going with this? You said it was over too quickly, oh. which is, it wasn't even hard for them to, like, they're like, oh, shit, like, they've got our phone numbers, and they're putting it out there, and yeah. people are getting, and then it's like, oh, a community of artists, like, stepped up and, like, yeah. made their they, own their video, counter hashtag. and that was it, like, yeah. that was it. That, that was should over. have been a chapter and a half by itself. <laughs> All these things happen, and they're over, and it never yeah. comes back. Like, there's no connection. The only thing I can think of is, at the end, like, Starbucks is a representation of how like the city's natural culture is being taken over by some sort of like bland and again it's another one of those heavy-handed metaphors where the whole takeover by the woman in white was this idea of taking away New York's soul. Yeah. And that's yeah. because of the the chain restaurants and they become actual monsters that attack them on their way to find the primary avatar. Well, that just, and that just sounds like a little like curmudgeonly to me right there too. It's like, if again you it's a, about, if you're bitching about Starbucks destroying the soul of New York City. Oh, like you are a cranky old motherfucker. And she made the cliche of there's one on every corner. And yeah. of course, it's like uh, fuck. Well, they have good coffee. What do you want? Welcome to capitalism. That's right. I don't like capitalism. P.S. But still. Hey, by the way, yeah. what does capitalism better than anywhere else in the world? New York. That's right. They practically invented the shit. <laughs> I'm just right. gonna say that maybe she ignored the fact that if you're gonna talk about capitalism, that is such a New York thing. It yeah. is not even. Funny. I will trade you these beads for this land. Oh, my oh God. God. capitalism. Oh, that. Now we're going right the, back to the source. Have, Statues about capitalism. Take that, Manny. <laughs> yeah. There was so much I wanted to like. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know like right. the the character of Bronca being like the the wizened old guide because she has all the yeah. knowledge. I, she's a I just La- fucking hated her. She's a Lenape or Lenape. I'm not sure. Lenape. You and I she's think. like a Native American of the that area. And I'm yeah. Like, they kept thinking she's Mexican or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, they kept well, making these. Sucked. But it was. Again, she handled, I think, that background pretty cool. Mm. But again, like it was like there should have been a whole book about her if you really want to yeah. develop that yeah. character. Yep. And I kept thinking maybe it's because I don't know a lot about the Bronx, that I don't know how people in the Bronx act, behave, or what the milieu is. Well, yeah. But <laughs> they don't behave very well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I won't pay two hundred dollars for a baseball game <laughs> for myself. Um, but. You know, I just kept coming back to, why is this character so reluctant to do what she knows needs to be done? And over the course of, like, three pages, she changes her mind. Not even that. She tell she tells uh, Vanessa, give me an hour, and I'll apologize and come back. Like, is that literally how people in the Bronx act? They're real stubborn as, as shit, and they have resting bitch face. And then, like, 45 <laughs> minutes later, they're like, you know what, honey, let's just get it's together. It's cool. Let's do it. It's cool. Again, it... it... It needed more. I guess that's my take. That's my mm-hmm. final take. You know what? Here, here's a connection, again, to, to Lovecraft, who is, is, is the target of this, who she wanted to engage with. Lovecraft, for so many reasons, so many reasons, his fiction should not work. Like, his writing is so overwrought to the point of ridiculousness. There is no action 
beginning to end in a Lovecraft story. There is nothing but the narrator's thoughts. There's no action. There's very little even dialogue. Um, there's not really that much character development. I mean, all the things that go into making a great narrative are, are not that great or missing altogether in a Lovecraft story. And yet, it is so much more than the sum of its parts. Uh -huh. It works, and its influence has only gained traction over the decades. Lovecraft is bigger now than he ever was. N.K. Jemisin, and this is circling back to the point you were making before, has written a book here where there is so much that should work. All the parts are there. Mm -hmm. She's a fantastic writer. This is a cool contemporary setting. It's mm -hmm. a great premise. This yeah. idea of the avatars of the city and all that is yeah. a really cool fantasy premise. Um, the themes are the right ones. They're the themes that we want. There's like the aspect of challenging the, the traditions of fantasy yeah. with mm -hmm. new ideas, the subversiveness of all that. There's so much here that should work, and yet somehow this is much less than the sum of all its mm. parts. Agreed. Yep. It's kind of like if you were Captain Planet, and all you got to act on was heart. That's all you got. Is yeah. that your new thing? That is my thing. You're not I'm doing gonna... sex references anymore? You're going to do Captain Planet I already, references? I already did my sex reference. <laughs> There's not enough dick being talked about in this book for me to come back to it. Nobody lays any pipe. Well, I, I mean, Manny far... jerks off uh, El Salvador, yeah. not El Salvador. But nobody, nobody, Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo. Nobody... which, let's be honest, I might too with a name like that. <laughs> That's like a sexy name. It is. Sexy motherfucker. But nobody fucks a planet in this book. This is which true. Which is a huge come down from our last. You know when a planet does get fucked? <laughs> I, you know, there's always, I mean, if you want to talk about like the ultimate planet fuck, think about the planet covered in water. Mm. And Kevin Costner is the only man who can save the thread of <laughs> You've humanity got it in. Yeah. that's left. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that planet is fucked. Yeah. That's also known as Earth in 2035. Oh, is that what it was? That At the rate was? we're going. Damn. Yeah. Uh, I made. I don't know if that's what it was in, right, in Waterworld, but at the rate we're going, it's that's where we'll be. Yeah. What, what the hell do you do to make your reference? Oh, it's uh. No, oh, hang on, hang on. Okay, He's getting there. Don't, right, don't right, take right. it from the man. Sorry. I have a I point forgot. that yeah. I want to make, which oh, is okay. this: having read Broken Earth, uh, or the first book of the of the trilogy, and then having read this book hmm? was sort of like listening to Blonde on Blonde, and then listening hmm. to one of Dylan's Christian albums from the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> I've never listened to a Christian album from No, Bob I Dylan. haven't either, but okay. I understand all of his 80s work, especially the Christian albums, to be terrible. So. Amazing <laughs> Grace! I don't think even Dylan can save that. No, no. not a chance. Uh, and I love that song, actually. It's one of the few like religious songs I actually like. Mm -hmm. I, well, I don't know why. but It's it's really, uh, it's really, it's still as, as a lifelong, not lifelong, but as a someone who's been a Dylan fan for a long time, it's incredible to me that there was a phase mm -hmm. where he had decided to reinvent himself as like a fundamentalist Christian and, and release a trilogy of albums, which was Christian music. It's, it's still the most bizarre thing I can possibly imagine. Well, it's pushing the envelope. But Cocaine's that is what Dylan does. That is what he there constantly reinvents himself. When you think that he's mm -hmm. done everything he can possibly do to mm -hmm. surprise you, that's when he releases an album of Christmas standards. Which he yes. did do. <laughs> oh, I gotta go back to that and hear that. Oh, oh it is. It's awesome. You know what I hear actually? <laughs> I you know the the movie Love Actually? 
Where I'm like aware the, of it. the broken down. So one of the characters is a broken down rock star, and they're trying to get him to release a Christmas single <laughs> based on his hit single "Love Is All Around Us." Yeah. So they get him to change the lyrics to "Christmas Is All Around Us," but he has a fit because Christmas and love are different syllables. So I just imagine Bob Dylan <laughs> trying to like shoehorn. Like tangled up in Jesus or something oh, like that man. in there. How does the man who wrote Tangled Up in Blue, you know, or any any of his brilliant, brilliant sixties yeah. and stuff? I'll give him that. Stuff, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Money's a hell of a thing. I don't even think it was that. I I, I firmly believe that Dylan either one hundred percent believes everything he does and it just changes a lot. Sure. Or else the man is the ultimate trickster. And whatever <laughs> you think you know about Bob Dylan, he is gonna fuck that right up. Lightning well, round this time? That was cool. You yeah. like the lightning I, round? I, I, I enjoyed it too. We, you know, I do have notes on the lightning round because I thought that was something we could work in uh, as we go around. Yeah. So, okay. Who can name the five boroughs first? Go. Oh, Bronx, man. Brooklyn, Staten Island, Manhattan, Queens. Sean wins. <laughs> Bonus for Jersey City. And Jersey City. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Sean told us the ending and Jersey City joins, which I thought was a fucking cop-out. It is a cop-out. It is a fucking cop-out. But again, it's, it subverse what you expect. You think, oh, they're going to get Staten Island somehow because she was pulled earlier. Yeah. And I did actually kind of like the fact that I was like, nah, fuck y'all. And then they were like, oh, no, well, Jersey City, that's a real borough. Yeah. Well, because they <laughs> wanted different. to be a part of it. That's that all that they was needed. actually a kind of neat. Uh, all right, so there are f- there are five bros and one avatar. Sorry, and a my cat, my um, cat is attacking the locks. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, I get it. Down. I attack the locks too. Well, the locks is gone. Mike my, my, my down the locks. Okay. Uh, nothing to worry about. There are five bros and one main avatar. There are five characters in Captain Planet and <laughs> oh, one oh, Captain Planet. Who can name them first? Don Cheadle. Go. <laughs> Doesn't count. I can't do this. I don't remember. Earth, that. wind, fire. <laughs> Heart. Heart, water. And, Sir. yeah, that's all of them. <laughs> then they all combine to Captain Planet. That's right. Uh, and Earth, Isn't that like the, the Colgate USA, like, cartoon hour or something yep. stupid? The Colgate and, train? Yeah, it was like 1960s comeback where they were like, sponsored by Colgate. Pressure feed kids! <laughs> and poor Heart was the only non-white kid. And Heart was could only talk to a fucking monkey. What was the one that was in a wheelchair? I don't remember being in a wheelchair. Fire was named Wheeler. I remember that. And he had red hair, so I'm like, I'm that dude. Fuck the other people. Because <laughs> redheads stick together. Soulless gingers. That's right. I can daywalk, though. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> Good reference. There. Thank you. I don't have a soul, though. We so. should watch Blade. I would watch Blade with you. Blade 1, 2, and 3. Oh, fucking great trilogy. Yeah. Uh, Wesley, Wesley Snipes did something I, well. Gonna, Wesley Pipes was incredible on those movies. I have no objection to seeing him. I just have not seen him. Oh, future cast. If you guys want us yeah. to talk about the Blade trilogy, please hit yeah. us up on the socials. Y'all want to do a live watch? Let us know. Yeah. That'd be cool. Except our fans in Alabama and Staten Island, who we have, uh, I think, thoroughly isolated tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I've checked the geos on locations. We don't have to worry We're about good? it. We're good? All right. We don't have to worry All about right. it. All right. It's fine. It's fine. All right. We're very coastal. <laughs> we are literally coastal, and then there's some Europe. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. A little Australia. Yeah, shout out to our Austria fans. Thank you very much for oh, listening. Australia. No, no, Austria. I mean Austria. Yeah, we had them in Australia, too. 
Oh, yeah, but right there I was just referencing Austria. Because oh, okay. well, they didn't get a shout-out yet. Austria is Our great. fans down under listen Yeah. consistently. True. We had a Thai. I think we had a Thai fan as well. We did. Yeah. Shout-out to you. Um, I wish I had your name, but perhaps you don't follow us on the socials, which is at Nerds of Old Republic. Follow us. I want my goal is to get a listener on every continent of the planet. Antarctica is going to be a tough get. I don't know. There's a lot of people down there researching. There are people there. That's right. They got nothing better to do, I suppose. You listen to us and get drunk. That's what I would do yeah. if I were uh, there. Hey, the people on uh, Antarctica, I would guess that we're talking about the kind of books that they read. Science yes. fiction. Doomsday scenarios as yeah. they study the dying <laughs> permafrost in That's Antarctica. Right. Well, once the ice melts, they'll find all the alien artifacts. Oh, there. yeah. Yeah, I'm so looking True forward fact. to uh, aliens. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Drunk 25th, history. that's when we're going to get the uh, the release of the Navy or the military report on UFOs. Didn't we already? Have yeah, it already came out. Well, they already yeah. said it's going to be disappointing, but it's, got, it's not officially out until the 25th. It can basically be summed up as they're probably not aliens. What that, the that, hell that are they? That was basically Space-traveling Nazis? <laughs> they didn't get the atomic bomb. But they got space travel. I don't know. Take it. Yeah, that's a win. I, for one, would welcome our alien overlords. Can't be any worse than it is right now. <laughs> I hear you channeling Simpsons there. <laughs> I voted for Kodos. Oh, yes, yes. Vote <laughs> for either one. It makes no difference. Either way, you're doomed. You know, Come speaking of you know what? There's a, there's a great website. Um, Oh, we killed the lightning round. Sorry. We're That's gonna fine. Back to it. We're going to come back to it. You filibustered the lightning round. You <laughs> motherfucking Mitch No, McConnell. we're going to come back to it. I'm losing it, so that's why I'm filibustering. Joe Manchin <laughs> loves you right now. Oh, God. Oh, there's a great reference. Yeah, West Virginia fans. Yeah. We don't have any West Virginia fans. Um, What was I saying? Lovecraft. Uh, yeah. There's a great website um, that comes around every election season uh, called Cthulhu for America. And the premise is that Cthulhu is running for president of the United States. And he's got all these great slogans, you know, like, why vote for the lesser evil? Or Cthulhu, <laughs> no lives matter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ouch. Yeah, it I is, like that. It is, ouch. It is funny. <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> yep. All right, lightning round. Uh, lightning round. Okay, so imagine this book becomes a movie. It could be a good movie. I'm sorry, continue. No, no, that's fine. Or maybe an HBO series who I think could really do the fuck out of this book. Yes, Uh, I agree. Okay. You need a towel? Wait, what was the rest of the question? (laughs) No, I didn't finish. I was stopped by his groan. Yeah, sorry. Sounded like Sean was about to finish. Yeah. (laughs) Just try to imagine this. I can't. No, please don't make this thing. (laughs) Oh. So, okay, so maybe this makes my next question mute. Moot. Moot. But who plays Sao Paulo? I don't know enough about George the Clooney to weigh in here. George Ooh, not bad. I was gonna say Antonio Banderas. Ooh. Okay. He might be yeah. older than the character. Right, and I'm I don't white, care. I'm whitewashing the guy. Let me think about this for a second. Yeah, PS. I enjoy uh, Antonio Banderas, man. That's an obscure actor whose name you don't hear much anymore. Mm. But Desperado, great fucking right? movie. Great fucking movie. And then Puss in Boots is like one of my I favorite. I like that series. Yeah, <laughs> DreamWorks did the hell out of that one. Oscar Isaac. Okay, oh, that's okay. a deep cut. You're gonna have to explain to me. Yeah, he's that's, uh, Poe Dameron yeah. on the new oh. Star Wars. Okay. He's. I think he's Guatemalan or something. And okay. And he's 
just Regional really good in everything. And, well, Star Wars ish, but yeah. he was in Ex Machina, and he did such a fucking great job in that movie. If you guys haven't seen Ex Machina, mm-hmm. it's Alicia Vikander and uh, Oscar Wilde, and she's not Oscar Wilde. Oscar <laughs> Wilde. Oscar Wilde. What the fuck? Either there's grapes go or I do, and then he <laughs> yeah. dies. Damn Manhattan's. Uh, no, it's we uh, have Oscar one Manhattan. Sean. He invents an AI and like a like an android, and she's like this beautiful Alicia Vikander walking around, and and it's becoming self aware. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac is so fucking awesome in this movie. Hmm. Go home and watch it tonight. Don't even wait till tomorrow. Watch it tonight. <laughs> He's in um, a Coen Brothers, Brothers movie, which I have yet to watch, but I've been meaning to, where he plays uh, a folk singer. Um, huh. The name of the movie is escaping me at the moment, but uh, the movie is one of their best from mm. what I've read. And damn, uh, he's the That's he's the guy, and, and, it, and it's a real yeah. like it's based on a real life uh, folk singer. Actually, there's your Sao Paulo. There we go, right. Sao Paulo. Okay, That's a good one. Yeah, Sean's uh, winning. I think it's three nothing at this point. Uh, <laughs> we, it's kind of like who's lying to anyway. The, the points mean nothing. They're meaningless. No, yeah. they are meaningless. That's right. That's right. They're meaningless. That's right. Unless I start giving. <laughs> okay, so uh, last question of the lightning round. How many scenes can you remember from the book that reminded you of Ghostbusters? Because there are many times where I was like, fucking Slimer's going to come out of that yeah. bathroom stall. P.S. I'm going to lose my nerd cred here, but I've never seen Ghostbusters what? all the way through. What? <laughs> I'm about to rip my face off. <laughs> That's our first live watch. Oh, right there. That's got to be our first live watch. No. I have seen oh, most of it. Dude. I have seen most Mike. of it in bits and pieces on what? TV. But I have never sat down and just watched the movie beginning what to end. What the fuck is wrong with you? What kind we of life really have you lived? need to have taken, like, CVs before we started this podcast. It's true. This man has no dick. Oh. <laughs> he doesn't even get the reference. No, he doesn't. I don't. It just seems like a funny there. thing that you said. Dickless yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. I had to go and shut it down. Oh, oh my God. Oh, I, like, it is, it is right. literally the greatest comedy of all time. That's a bold statement. It's a it's true actually a statement. real bold statement. I don't know that I agree with that one. Okay, maybe not that. But it's one of the greatest movies of all time. All right. I'm not it, avoiding it. It is in the pantheon you know? of at least top 50 you have to see as a human <laughs> Top being. 50? It's top 10. Let me it's tell you. Good. I'm let hedging tell my bets currently. <laughs> as an extension of this conversation, let me tell you the movie that I refuse to see now because I am proud of the fact that it elicits such a reaction from people when they learn that I haven't seen it. The Goonies. I, I, no, 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 no. I don't no. know what to say now. In here is our time. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is our time. <sighs> I'm going to make him do the triple shuffle God next time. God damn it. Wow. I I've really thought I knew you. you. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen the Goonies. <laughs> I thought I had him pegged. And yeah. I had never I had never avoided the Goonies, but it just it got to a point in my life where well, that's every time people yeah, would be like, you know on. that part in the Goonies? And I'd be like, oh, I've never seen that. And, like, people's heads would explode. Yeah. Not unlike the awkward silence that just ensued here. You don't yeah. want And so at a certain point in my life, I decided, I don't want to give this up. I want That's to embrace this. That's fair. That's a part this. of you. Yeah. And so I will never see The Goonies because I, I enjoy it too you much. You are like my friend Mike, <laughs> other friend Mike, who has never seen a Star Wars movie his entire life. Mm. And he That's is a, now another level. He is now proud of the fact that he's never yeah. seen one, and he'll make fucking jokes like, "Oh, is that when they say like beat me up?" And like he'll like oh, he'll yeah, like, yeah, do yeah, all yeah. that stupid ass shit because he's like, I, at this point, he's like, I, I'm like not gonna Stargate references, joking yeah. thing in there. Yeah, it's part yeah. of his identity, and I get it. Okay, it's part of Mike's identity here. We're gonna pick off one of these two though soon. Oh, I don't care. I, I have watched much of Ghostbusters. Don't want to yeah, take his like, Goonies cred away. No, you can. No, you, I, we'll watch I, Ghostbusters. Have you seen Monster Squad? 
No, it's like a second rate Goonies. No, I was about, that, like, I the, haven't seen that one either. Honestly. Really? No. It's the universal like pantheon of monsters, and these kids have to fight them. It's actually huh. it's one of my classic childhood mm-hmm. memories. Wow, Monster Squad. I think I have way more nerd cred than either one of you. Probably. Yeah, that's for sure. What does that say about me? Uh, you know, as a kid... It started out as a boast, and then it turned into a... Oh, that's a he just, he just turned to the bottle and started oh, pouring. I am a sad man. Well, you know what's really funny is one of my, like, few memories from childhood, because I'm pretty sure I, like, Freudian blocked most of my childhood. This one does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is, like... Being on the end of a RAND telephone survey. And yeah, yeah, first of all, we can laugh at that. Telephones and the RAND Corporation. Wow. But they're like, how much TV do you watch a day? And I'm like, oh, probably like seven hours. And they're like, I remember the survey uh, questioner, I suppose, is their title, being like, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that. Even yeah. as a kid, I'm like, that's not how you go that about seems, surveying people. That sounds inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. But oh, wow. even still, I think uh. I think in that time, we were just so starting to get so fragmented that it was easy to watch seven hours a day of yeah. something else yeah. that yeah. other people weren't. Because what was I watching? It was probably like Animaniacs and you know fuck the reboot and hmm. um pinky in the brain pinky in the brain i made a reference to that the <laughs> other day because uh, my son's like what are we gonna do tonight and i immediately respond with what we do every night he didn't get it. Take, take over, over the, the world, world. <laughs> he didn't get it that was a great i used to love coming home from middle school and watching the bruce tim batman animated series oh that was is that the so batman much- no, Batman the Animated Series. Oh, it was literally Batman. Okay. With, it was with Mark Hamill as Mark Hamill's Joker. Joker. What? Yeah. It is such a well it, we should do a cast on just that. It's so so many live watch good. possibilities. Mm-hmm. If you're listening and have a preference here, you tell us what you want to live watch. You want to live watch Ghostbusters, we're going to let Mike keep Goonies. Uh, you want to watch one of the Batman, the animated series? I was going to reference uh-huh. Batman Beyond, which was a few years after. I well, that's still one of the same creators. Or Batman Mask of the Phantasm, if you want to that watch That was fan-fucking One of the best Batman movies out of all of them. It's fantastic. so good. It's, yeah. like a, it's like a noir Batman, but yeah. it's amazing. Dick Tracy meets Batman yeah, in the better, 90s. because Dick Tracy sucks. Dick Tracy was a fucking dick of a movie. Yeah. That also, well, Madonna was in it, though. That's true. Yeah. Madonna in Zoot Suit was fairly good for like a hot minute. I think she was my first boobs I ever saw. Really? No, can't be. No, it was Beverly D'Angelo in uh, in uh, National Lampoon's Summer Vacation or Vacation. Oh, speaking of thirst traps, yeah. <laughs> we will have to live watch Waterworld, of course. That yeah, is, I feel like that's only fair. Yeah. Or The Postman, if you really want to. Oh yeah, or The Postman, yeah, or both. <laughs> We'll have a Kevin Costner. Should we listen to Dylan in the background? <laughs> there you go. And then pour it on <laughs> the side? Oh, that, you know, I was going to step into this and be like, guys, I suddenly can't join this conversation because, like, what am I going to do? Have moaning in the background? Adam's <laughs> off to the side, fapping while we're watching. <laughs> oh, man. I have a feeling our viewership will either, our listenership will either skyrocket or plummet. And I can't, I'm I can make a good argument for each. I'm oh, sorry. It's going to hold steady at like one or two down of the week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, mom. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> oh man, I I I don't know. We so, avoided talking about the book for long enough. Well, because we're we're just done. Yeah. yeah. On, honestly, I think we said our piece about it. Like we had high hopes. Let's we let's. I mean, I, I will say this. I mean, uh, my 
my advice is read N.K. Jemison for sure. She is a great author. She's an important author. Just don't read this book. This book is, and, and I'm not usually that, like, blunt about it. You know, I mean, World War Z we did in our first cast. I didn't love that book. Mm. I respected it. I, it didn't entertain me. God, I love that one a lot more now. Respective. Yeah, <laughs> three thousand one entertained me, but I didn't respect it. You know, it was the reverse. Yeah. yeah. This book, it's just I didn't. It did not entertain me, or, and I did not respect it as writing uh, either. But but that is not a reflection of this author. Um, this is this is you know when you're when one of your favorite artists just puts out a dud of an album. That's what this was. It 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 was not her best work. It's not even close to her best work, mm-hmm. um, but it should not be read as as me or any of us commenting on the author herself, who mm-hmm. is actually much better um, than than I think that this book shows. Yeah, uh, not having read the ditto quotes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> not having read anything else from her, I am sad that this was my first introduction to uh, Jemison because I had heard so much. Yeah. I've read so much about her being like a rising star and like super important and I want to support her because you know there's so much uh, bona fides behind her right that I feel like as I came into this book I was like all right this is great and then eventually I came I was like mm, not so much maybe <laughs> right and I felt like am I saying that personally or am I saying that like critiquing her work what's happening here I felt like I should have liked it more than I should have could ultimately be this book just isn't for us also true you know I mean we're just not New Yorkers we're Buffalonians we're Buffalonians somebody write somebody write a book where the west side the old first ward the east (laughs) side and motherfucking south Buffalo all become avatars south Buffalo is a hockey player P.S. it has to be Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's you know, a series of novels, um, <laughs> which is escaping me. So this is already a failure as I'm getting started. But um, there is an author writing a series of mafia novels set in Buffalo, hmm. um, and they're not good either. I I, <laughs> I failed to finish the first one, um, but the most intriguing thing about the book is that it is. Uh, reveling in Buffalo, it it just yeah. drops street names mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you know uh, all the landmarks and like you know restaurants or whatever that like you know we know in Buffalo. Yeah, uh, it revels in being Buffalo. Buffalo's on the it's getting a glow up lately. Like just becoming. We've a, got the Blue Jays. Yeah, it's becoming a place <laughs> to go. We stole the Blue Jays We're because of the border. Movie studio, like there's what? things happening here. Well, yeah. Guillermo del Toro, yeah. one of the most important. You know, people working in cinema today was filming, and I assume will finish filming. Uh, <laughs> it got cut off by the the you know the small pandemic that we had. Um, Might have interrupted uh, work a little bit yeah. on the movie, but um, but he was filming that in Buffalo, and that is a uh, a, a movie version of um, shoot, what's the book? It's a old novel called Nightmare Alley. Mm, I heard of that. Yeah, yeah, I've read that book twice. Uh, and wow. it's, it's a really good book about, you know, somebody who kind of rises through the ranks as a, uh, like a fair or like a carnival, like swindler, you know, and then succumbs to like really bad alcoholism and like his whole life falls apart. And as one would in the carny business. Yeah, like a would, Buffalo story. You would think. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean the first 
And the last chapter, I, I don't want to, this is, podcast is not about this book, and it's not about Guillermo del Toro's movie, so I don't want to <laughs> give away all the details. However, I will say the first chapter of this book, Nightmare Alley, and the last chapter of this book are some of the most haunting bookends to a novel that I have ever, wow. ever, ever read. They are uh, quite strong. Yes. That's high praise. Sounds like yeah. a future cast. Yeah, it could well, be. Well, yeah, when the movie comes out. And, and anyways, the point of all this was to say... Guillermo del Toro chose Buffalo and is, is filming it here. So did Jim from The Office. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say too. Jack Reacher, yeah. Quiet Place too. Right. Yeah. Buffalo's on. Come and visit Buffalo, guys. Yeah. And by the word. way, Buffalo Travel Council or Tourism Council, if you want to partner <laughs> with us, yeah. And you know, we'll we'll make it worth your while. We are currently auditioning sponsors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, ditto goes for any of those downtown bars that uh, want to fill their uh, seats on like a Tuesday night, Wednesday night. You know, I'm thinking, uh, I'm digging back to the pink. Ooh. Way back, Allentown Hardware. Any of y'all want want some people to have a, a group together? I think that'd be a cool live event. Hell yeah. Very cool. Yeah, all right. So uh, let's prep the nerds then for the next book as, you know, we've, we're done trashing the, this novel. So and we're not going to do yay or nay? Or oh, no, I, th- <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's pretty clear we're all like buy this book now and sleep with it. Yeah. Literally, not metaphorically, sleep with it. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's three no's. I think that's sad. Right? It, it's, yeah. a, a, it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> Saddest DJ Horn ever. That's right. Wah, 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 wah. DJ Khaled's like, get. No, don't get it. Yeah. But you, you immedi- immediately, Sean, went oof for the next book. And I just uh, know it's going to be. Let you roll into that. It's going to be, and this is per- by my own um, advocacy. It's going to be one of those books where we're going to have to work hard. Mm-hmm. Having, having tried to read it before and not quite making it because of other competing interests, but now this cast is going to force me to finish it because I'm the only motherfucker who actually finishes the goddamn books. Dropped out because of <laughs> lack of interest. We're going to read Dune. Yeah. This is, Dune. this is one of the pinnacles of nerddom. Mm-hmm. I think you really, honestly, I think something's going to happen. We get like a decoder pin in the mail when you finish it or something. That <laughs> really? Your membership in the Do you, you get know, a little thing of spice, club. too? Yeah. It's it's one of those things where I think a real true like genre nerd has to have read Dune at some point in their life. Yeah. And Absolutely. having never, ever finished it and failing miserably the last time I tried, I'm looking forward to trying it again, but I know it's going to take some time. And, and I will say, from my perspective, I had been reading it and enjoying it very much, but I paused it, and I'm going to start it over, because months ago we decided Dune was going to be in here. Yeah. Um, We've been we're, doing some shuffling. And we're going to also pair it with the uh, Denis Villeneuve film that's coming out in November. Can't and wait. The trailer oh, so is already out for excited. that. Yeah. Um, and the trailer, I mean, is is just epic, you know, beyond words, uh, and... and uh, Goosebump inducing. Mm-hmm. So are we plan uh, to go to like a bar, get hammered, and then go watch the movie, <laughs> and then go cast. Uh, I, I that would be fine with me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> all of that sounded good. Uh, the casting part is fine too, but the rest <laughs> of it sounded great. We can cast in the car on the on the way home. Yeah, I can't imagine carrying this equipment to like <laughs> the real. I'm gonna sit in like the the race car video game arcade game and like post this up so we can talk about it. 
Uh, yeah, I will post a link to the trailer as well, so uh, the fellow nerds can see what we're talking about. Yeah, by the way, Denis Villeneuve, if you wanna, if you wanna like partner up with us and really get our media machine behind wow. your new film, that would be <laughs> phenomenal. And as a small art house picture, you might want to get a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Oscar more. Isaac is in it. By is, the way. Yes, there you I'm go. Already, full circle. I'm already yes. in love with it. Yeah. 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 All right, nerds, you heard us. So. Uh, Pick up your copy of Dune. That'll be our August conversation. So you definitely want to start now and get going forward on it. And uh, we'll see you then. And maybe we'll see you in the theater for uh, some Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, no cheating. No watching the other film versions because they don't live up to the actual hype. Uh, uh, David Lynch is the famous failed one from the mid-'80s, and it features a very young Patrick Stewart, by the way. No. Yes. Make it so. <laughs> no. I just see him in Macbeth all the time. Oh, so, so good. Yeah, all right. We will catch you next time in August for Dune. Our drink's yet to be determined on that one. Something spicy. Yeah. Something very spicy. I was going to say a little chai tea with something in it. Well, I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Peace. Yeah.